Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. You're listening to Linux in the Ham Shack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello and welcome everybody. You have tuned in to episode number 281 of Linux in the Ham Shack, and this is our Weekender edition where we talk about some upcoming events in the amateur radio and open source worlds, special event stations, things that you can do in the next fortnight to enhance your lives in some way, including hedonistic topics, which we get to towards the end. It's always the most fun part, so stick around for that. And before we get there, we'll introduce the cast of comedians. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD. All right. So we're all here tonight. Are we? Well, we're we're physically present. How about that? Are we? <laughs> Omnipresent. Okay. <laughs> All right. So anyway, let's dive in. We'll talk about some upcoming amateur radio contests in the next couple of weeks. And uh, Bill, you can outline the first one here. Sure. Yeah, we'll do the first week. We got uh, the FT8 DX contest. There you go. Uh, it's already becoming its own own special contest mode uh, the ft8 dx contest runs from 1200 zulu on april 13th to 1200 zulu on april 14th the bands are 80 through 10 no work and of course the mode is ft8 it's sponsored by the uh, european ft8 club this contest lets you work everyone everywhere once per band participants must use wsjtx version 2.0 or later or the mshv version 2.14 or later and the link to that is in the show notes. What's MSHV version 2.14 or later? I, I did look that up, and that's just another application that uh, kind of puts a different skin on WSJTX. I'm not sure if it adds really any uh, any additional features. That's the uh, LZ2HV um, site. Is it open source and for Linux? It, I'm um, looking now. It looks like it's on SourceForge. Oh, a, for the lose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's... So, uh, let, let me look at the downloads. I was just curious. Windows why, 32, what? Windows 64, Windows, Windows... Uh, Linux, the Fedora. Source code for Linux. Yeah. Okay, so it's also... But, well, I guess, I guess it might be worth at least taking a quick look at to see why there is a different version, but okay. I think there's been one for a while, so... Uh, shows what i know anyway moving on yeah yeah so uh you know ever since since wsjtx is open source you know you can do your own skins and new ui or whatever you want to do or like you can do what those guys on ebay are doing and just basically sell a a program that never stops transmitting and working contacts for you (laughs) (laughs) there you go that's what you get for uh, open source (laughs) anyway the next contest that we have uh listed here is the texas state parks on the air it runs from 1400 zulu april 13th to 0200 zulu 
uh, April 14th and 1400 Zulu to 2000 Zulu. So 20 hundred hours, um, April 14th. So, uh, yeah, you got a couple gaps there in the contest and it's all bands, no work and all modes. This event will take place every year on the second weekend of April, except when Easter falls on the second weekend. Then the contest is moved to the first weekend of April. The Lake Area Amateur Radio Club, the K5 LRK station, enjoyed participating in this event in 2015 and 2016, and we're saddened to hear that its initial sponsor, Tim uh, Tom King, WK5DX from Houston, was uh, who was running the TS Poda, had gone silent key in 2015. The K5 LRK provides a great opportunity for... Oh, sorry. I skipped the line. <laughs> the K5 LRK club members decided that this is an event that should remain available as it provides a great opportunity for clubs to get out, have fun, and enjoy our great state of Texas. So we carry on the torch for Tom. Please join us during the event in a variety of state parks in Texas as we continue the Texas State Parks on the Air event. So check that out. That uh, that looks pretty cool. All right, very good. And next week we have a couple of contests of note, I guess, or at least ones we're going to talk about. Uh, the first one is the Holy Land DX contest, which runs April nineteenth through April twentieth, twenty one hundred Zulu to twenty one hundred Zulu, so a twenty four hour and one minute period. It's on the one hundred and sixty to ten meter bands. No work, of course. Modes you can operate are CWSSB, digital, and mix anywhere. That's a minimum of at least two of those modes. To promote contacts between radio amateurs around the globe and Israeli hams is what this is about, and to aid amateurs to achieve the Holy Land Award and other Israeli awards. So if you want to participate in that, a link to more information will be in the show notes. And there's also coming up next weekend, the Worked All Provinces of China DX Contest. Runs 0600 Zulu on April 20th to 0559 Zulu on April 21st. They don't give you that extra minute uh, for 80 to 10 meters on no works, of course, CW and SSB only. And the purpose of this is for amateurs around the world to work any other amateurs during the 24-hour contest period while contacting as many as possible with amateurs in Chinese provinces, municipal cities, autonomous regions, and special administration regions, highly encouraged. Apparently, China just has too many divisions. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so try and work all of China. There's probably some award or something for it. Anyway, we also have some special events coming up. Cheryl, you want to read the special events? Sure. Okay. So the first one is the seventh annual Earth Day celebration. The call sign for that is W8PRC, and it is on April 15th from 1500 Zulu to 2000 Zulu. Our seventh Earth Day special event is almost here. Saturday, April 13th will soon be here, and this promises to be the best ever We'd love for you to be with us, but if that's not possible, please join us on the air to chat with one of our visitors. We're expecting many young scouts to join us in the Stern's cabin. An exchange of greetings with you on the air could be the moment that inspires these youngsters to join our amazing hobby. Excuse me, amazing hobby. Stern's cabin? Is there something we don't know about, Phil? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man, I have a cabin now. That's great. <laughs> The question is, where is your cabin at? Do you know? I need to, I need to go find that. Uh, yeah, exactly. Apparently all the scouts know where it's yeah, at. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It continues on and says, this year we'll be operating on two meters on the 145-410 repeater, as well as 20 and 40 meters. And in keeping with the event, all transmitters will be operating only on power from the old soul. 
Share the above Earth Day 2019 flyer with your friends. There you go. Powered by sunlight. Yep. There you go. All right. You can do the next one, too. All righty, then. The next one is Fishing for Freedom. The call sign is W4F, and it runs April 27th from 1100 to 2200 Zulu. Uh, Fishing for Freedom is an event sponsored by the 5th District of Georgia American Legion. It's a day where we have camaraderie of fishing for our wounded veterans. And there's actually a whole lot more about that particular event in the link, which you can find in the show notes. There's a whole website dedicated to it. So if you want to find out about Fishing for Freedom and contact them and get a special event uh, QSL, most likely for Whiskey 4 Foxtrot, then participate in that coming up on 27th. All right, so we'll move on from those two announcements. Uh, we have a few that we want to run down here. The first one is we're still, as always, looking for deep dive episode topics. We picked up one tonight, so always good. It's always nice to have things that we can fall back on if we can't think of stuff ourselves or if we think that stuff is going to be of great interest to our listeners. We will try and get it out you know, more quickly. So if you have a deep dive topic that you would like to hear covered, Please get that information to us. Info at lhspodcast.info is where you can send it via email. You can also call us at 909-547-7469 and just leave a voicemail and tell us what you'd like to hear about. And, of course, you can get on Discord and Freenode IRC and all that. There's always somebody to chat with, and we'll jot it down that way. We also want to mention our Hamvention 2019 campaign. We're about halfway there. There's like 39 days of as of this recording you know, left before Hamvention pops up. So if you can donate to the campaign, that would be great. A link is in the show notes and on the website and all over social media and everywhere else. If you can't, just share it out. Let everybody know about the campaign so we can see everybody in Xenia this year. And we hope we see you there as well. And don't forget about the Zydeco's dinner on May 15th. Before that, before Hamvention, we'll be there around 630 and we'll stay until Hutch cuts, kicks us out and uh, we'll have a good old time in preparation for Hamvention. So if you can be there, be there. That's in Indianapolis or Mooresville, Mooresville. which is close to Indianapolis. Yeah. But yeah, you know it's in Indiana. Anyway. All right. And Cheryl, you want to do this one? Sure. Um, so last week on Facebook, uh, there was a request on the Ham, um, Ham Radio Operators, I believe, Facebook group uh, for ideas for a field day event. The organizer of the event is looking at hosting at a fire station um purely because of it, it, dealing with the same he's not dealing with it but has seen the same situations being dealt with that i deal with doing you know field day stuff which is the fact that typical field day setups are not terribly wheelchair friendly uh, and here you know in southwest missouri uh you know a lot of the field day setups are in cargo trailers that i can't get into or old school buses or whatever i you know i I get the concept, but it doesn't make it very friendly for a wheelchair. So his goal was to do it somewhere where everybody could attend. But he's trying to figure out a way uh, or things to put on banners and signs and stuff that might entice the general public to come in and see what ham radio is all about. So he was asking for suggestions. And I gave a few suggestions and then said I would ask our listeners, since there are so many of you, to give us some ideas of what you think might be the thing that would entice just the general public. 
to come in and see what ham radio is all about. So, please. Free beer. Well, there is free beer. <laughs> I, I actually suggested having... Free beer tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I suggested having the fire department um, join in with him with an open house type thing and maybe explain, you know, the necessity of smoke detectors, CO2 detectors, things like that. You know, and I assume this is a nationwide thing, but in Missouri, all of our fire departments here, if you call them up tomorrow and say, hey, I don't have any smoke detectors in my house, they will show up, they will give you smoke detectors. Some some departments will actually install the smoke detectors for you. So I was like, I, you know, I don't know if your fire department does this, but talk to them, see, you know, see what they're willing to do. And I said, you know, you might want to explain to people that like during things like hurricanes or whatever cell towers will go down but you still have radios that you can use you know so that and he's like oh that's a great idea i hadn't even thought of that so you know i know there's other great ideas out there other than bill's free beer thing although i'm sure that's a great idea too <laughs> that's a pretty good idea. <laughs> it always works <laughs> so It'll get well, me to yeah, pull over. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, wait, free That's beer. That's my favorite kind of beer. <laughs> just, just listen to our 30-minute presentation, and you get a free beer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, if anybody has any ideas, send us, send us, you know, say something on the Facebook page, send us a message, call our number, email us something, and I will make sure to pass that info along to Kevin. So, That's very good. Well, definitely, definitely. Get a press release out. Right. Get it to the newspaper. Right. Get a, get all that information out. You're in a public place. Um, yeah. I mean, gosh, get people there. It's, it's it can't be that, right. It can't be that hard when you're in a really well, good spot. Well, it looks you know? like he's from from looking at his profile. It looks like he's in the Columbus, Ohio area. And I was like, well, this this should be kind of an easy thing. It's not like you're 300 miles out in the boonies. You know, and you've got fifty people yeah, living in your town. People, you know, so and most of the people are unemployed anyway. So they have well, that's better. true. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it is Ohio, right? <laughs> Sorry about that, Ohio. Didn't mean that to cut so deep. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, you should have no problem. I mean, you know, definitely get a, a, a some type of a um, you know press release out to the newspaper. You know, you can. Definitely convince some, you know, low-ranking weekend reporter to come out and take some pictures right. and do some kind of copy for you. But you got to get the press release out so it's actually in the information hands. Uh, we always had really good luck um, when I was in Florida. We uh, we we started uh, doing them at uh, at the Red Cross building, right? In instead of going out and you know having a beer drinking weekend doing. <laughs> Field day, which is the way it should be done. <laughs> um, yeah, instead we did, did more of the public service thing, and yeah, it was interesting. You know, as soon as you go to a very public place like that, um, it it does change the whole dynamic of exactly what you're doing. You know, I, I know when we used to go out into the woods and 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 you know hit the radio hard and heavy, and you know all we were doing is contacts, contacts, contacts. Didn't really care about much else. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's different when you're in a public place, you want to bring people in, you want to show them, you know, the best face of amateur radio and, uh, you know, get out there. 
you know, hey, get get some Cub Scouts out there. Get some Boy Scouts out there. Get get some people doing Radio Merit Badge on the weekend. You get extra points for a get on the air station. Well, right, and that you know, have some have some Boy Scouts and Cub Scouts run right. that thing all day long, and they can get their merit badge and everything else in the same process. Right. Um. So yeah, you get like you get them there. Then you got you know cute little kids right <laughs> out in the front. Uh, then that's these other kids say, oh, yeah, yeah, I should go over there, see what they're Get doing. Get the Weeblos handing out the free beer, and you've got it made. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you can't do that. But, you know. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, Is it beer or is it apple yeah. juice? Santa. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm pretty certain there's a, there's several active uh, councils there in um, in Columbus that can probably help you out with uh, getting some uh, scouts over there as well. Um, that would help uh, kind of boost your event, and uh, you know, if you long as long as you offer the radio merit badge while they're there, hey, right. that, uh, <laughs> there's a win-win. Uh, you can't beat that. Plus, you get the extra like hundred, hundred fifty points if you uh, have the go to station running. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of advantages to uh, to doing all of those things. Uh, signs, uh, signs are signs. Right. You know, people only read them if they're driving by. But you know, if you actually tell the people where you're going to be at to begin with, that helps. You don't have to worry about the right. signs. Yeah, no, and that's very true. So, <laughs> yeah, signs not going to stop somebody from you know going off and doing their own thing for the day. But like, yeah, if you put it out now, so it's published, or you know, maybe even like in like a family circle magazine or whatever that you have there in Columbus that you know gives family events probably all kinds of community calendars online that you could probably put your event on as well. I mean, we have one here and we're only a town of a hundred thousand people. So, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, just put the word out in as many places as possible and have them share, 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 share. Right. Right. Yeah. Fred in the chat room says the club here goes to a four H camp and used to throw a barbecue during the setup period. So yeah, that's, that's cool. one way to do it. You know, the thing so is you could do yeah. a field day and fish fry well, and then, yeah, I'd probably get some people there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah. You know, the thing is that Bill mentioned, you know, setting up at the Red Cross offices, one of our local groups does, but they just pull in with cargo trailers. And when I went with Russ, they were, they were too, they had their nose buried in their radios People would literally walk by me and not say, do you have any questions? Do you want to play? You know, nothing. I was like, I was in their way and they wanted me to leave. So I finally just went to the well, car. They, uh, well, that's that's an organization problem. No, oh, there. it is. Because they should have one person minimal that is basically dealing with people coming in and out of the area. Right, and right. explaining and what's going on. Touring, and, yeah. yeah, exactly. Touring. Trying to get them on, you know, normally the person who's running the go to station, unless they have that thing running 24 seven. Um, that's normally the person that they have because you don't get a lot of people. I mean, some places get a lot of people. Well, then you should staff up, you know, have, have all the people worried about cooking food and logistics, you know, manning that area there. But you definitely need it. Somebody walks up, you gotta, you gotta go meet them right away and, and talk to them and, and give them the information. Cause you're gonna have people that might like pull in and kind of just look and, you know, go ahead and approach them and, and, and tell them what you're all about and what you're doing and, and make sure that you're you're sharing that information and, and making them feel welcome and stuff like right. that. It, it is it's kind of awkward to show up to a place where, yeah, everybody's staring at a computer. You almost feel like you're, I don't know, anywhere else in the world. Right. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, you definitely need that person who's doing the PR side of things and, and, and talking up, uh, talking up the hobby, talking up exactly what you're doing for emergency preparedness. And, uh, you know, you can, especially if you're at a public place like, uh, the Red Cross or a fire station or something like that, you know, you can always 
enlist uh, some of the guys kind of hanging around and uh, and get them as well, kind of, you know, maybe showing people the fire trucks and the fire station and stuff right. like that. And it gives them something to do if, you know, the world's not burning down around Yeah, them. exactly. So, <laughs> all, all right. right thank you, Bill. So. Yeah. So send in some suggestions that you, if you have any that we haven't already touched on that we can pass on to the folks trying to organize that field day event out there in Ohio. Ohio. So anyway, moving on. Wow. Bill's had had a lot of beers. Uh, I think there's still one more up there. You might have to go get it. (laughs) So moving on to open source, before we let Bill run up to grab his last beer, he should probably talk just a little bit about our distro to try for this fortnight, which is our own. That's right. Uh, We've got the the LHS... uh, uh, Ubuntu Mate build for 18.04.2, and it's up on the uh, media.ne4.ne4rd.live. I can't even remember my own call sign. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, you can find it there. We're going to get it into the torrents. I just booted it a few seconds ago in between our break, and uh, it does boot fine, and it has everything installed that I'm expecting it to have installed. So it's just basically a refreshed version of what we had at uh, Hamvention uh, last year. Um, well, of course, we did the point one release uh, shortly thereafter. but. Uh, but yeah, so uh, this this year at Hambenchen, we'll be having the uh, DVDs available, and I know every year we have a DVD available. I'm always thinking like, yeah, there's less and less computers that actually have drives that can run this, but uh, you never know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a great souvenir. It helps uh, support the podcast, and if uh, you help our Hambenchen campaign to to hit our mark or what we're targeting for a thousand dollars to get us to Hambenchen, then those discs are free. So first come, first serve. Um, we'll keep you posted on, uh, on exactly what's uh, going on with that and uh, where we are. Um, so head on over to the Hambenchen uh, funding campaign as well. But yeah, that disc uh, uh, disc will get you up to the latest LTS build uh, with all the Ham uh, Ham Radio Pure Blend stuff installed already. And uh, I I think I also installed some PPA. So it has the PPAs for the GQRX stuff. So it has a little bit of the extra SDR applications. And uh, everything else you need to really get uh, get going with WSJTX and everything else. I don't think I have a. I don't think I put FFS8 call on there. I don't think that's in the repos yet. So uh, I might have to. Uh, I might. I have to patch that and send that back up if we haven't started minting discs already. No, we, <laughs> yeah, we have not. And JS8 call is definitely not in the repos. They're still getting. They're still doing it through their funky uh, groups IO thing. So. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, maybe I'll try to get that in there because I just I just built the disk this morning and uh, just pushed it up without even testing it. Yeah. <laughs> but I did test it later. Uh, but let, yeah, let me download that and I'll I'll refresh the build that's up there so you'll see a new ISO and a new ISO, yeah. new ISO and a new MD5 file uh, shortly. I'll probably uh, do that for tomorrow morning and uh, that'll be all updated. So try that out. Um, just download the ISO and you can run it in your favorite, uh, virtual, virtual box, virtual machine, or, you know, burn it on a thumb drive and, and go ahead and light it up on some hardware. All right. Sounds excellent. I'm looking forward to trying out the latest version, the stuff that we're going to be actually touting when we get to ham mention, we're, we're actually going to have to install that on a couple of machines here and make sure, you know, it runs properly. Cause we'll be, we'll be showing it off there. So we want to make sure it works right. All right. So with that, check out LHS Ubuntu Mate. Are you going to reload the other desktop environments as well? Um, only if they're requested. I don't think I'm going to really bother with it too much. Okay. I know. I'll probably just do a GNOME just to please all the 
gnome people. That's about <laughs> it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the other ones can go, you know, whatever. I, I know KDE is getting a lot of love, but uh, I'm still not a fan yet. <laughs> yeah, nor am I. I used KDE Whip back in the day, but haven't been interested in it in quite some time. So yeah, I have uh, my Fedora running on um, um, on GNOME, so I, that's my GNOME box. Right. <laughs> that's the only one. <laughs> All right, so moving on from the distro to try for this fortnight, we have some events coming up in the open source world. And the first one is ASPLOS 2019. That's actually an acronym, ASPLOS 2019. This is going to be in Providence, Rhode Island, in the U.S. of A, April 13th through the 17th of 2019. And ASPLOS stands for something that I forgot to put in here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> something about programming and stuff cheryl will look it up while i'm reading this yeah cheryl has no mouse but sure she'll get that taken care of oh i don't have uh i guess i can go get you a battery if no, you no, oh, no all right no, no. Uh, i'm working on too so. <laughs> asplos is the premier forum for multidisciplinary systems research spanning computer architecture and hardware programming languages and compilers, operating systems, and networking. The ASPLOS 2019 will be held in Providence, Rhode Island, a city rich in colonial history and interesting architecture, and home to Brown University and the Rhode Island School of Design. And a link to the information about that will be in the show notes. And what's ASPLOS? I'm still trying architectural, to... It's architectural support for programming, programming languages, languages and operating, operating systems. systems. All right. So. Well, there you go. So attend that if you'd like. From the 13th to the 17th and then this isn't exactly next week it's a couple weeks off but it's a big event the linux fest northwest will be happening in bellingham washington in the united states where it always happens from april 26th through 28th 2019 the linux fest northwest established back in 2000 so it's been going quite Ooh. a while now an annual open source event co-produced by bellingham linux users group and the information technology department at btc LNF or LFNW features presentations and exhibits on free and open source topics as well as Linux distributions and applications, infosec and privacy. Something from everyone for the from the novice to the professional. And I believe Bill is supposed to be there. That's what we've heard. That's right. Yeah, wow. I'll, I'll be there. I'm flying in on uh, the 25th, so I'll be there the day before, and then I uh, fly out on the 28th. Ready uh, then? So yeah, yeah. So I'll be there, uh, right in. Well, not bright, really. Bright-eyed bushy-tail? <laughs> yeah, yeah, bright-eyed bushy-tail. Yes. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I, I, will have, uh, I will have Linux in the Hamshack stickers. Um, should anybody be interested in those? You, and, you should also uh, have business cards. I do have business cards, too. Ooh. So I have those as well. And then for the real crazy people, I have the NA1WJ event stickers as well. Uh, <laughs> so get your NA1WJ uh, stickers for the crazies amongst us. That's right. The, the hardcore radio scouter type people. So there you go. Yeah. So it should be a lot of fun. I'm I'm, I'm kind of excited. I really haven't I haven't done a conference in years, and this one just looks like a a a, a, a fun one to go to. So um, if anything, yeah, I'll probably be working through it. So <laughs> nice. I'll be sitting in the back with my uh, laptop uh, connected to my uh, if you, hotspot. If you if you see a guy in the back with a laptop and a beer, that's Bill. So. Yeah, that'll be definitely, <laughs> definitely me. <laughs> All right. And unfortunately, I'd probably be running Windows because that's, you know, what pays to <laughs> Right, do pays the bills, yeah. 
All right. So anyway, let's move along from amateur radio and open source topics and talk a little bit about hedonism. And tonight, Cheryl's going to do her recipe corner about the thing we just ate. So there you go. I figured this was a good night to do it. Okay. So several years ago, a local chain restaurant, which is kind of in the Midwest, uh, named Zio's, started uh, making a pepperoni bread appetizer, which is very similar to Calzone. Russ is a huge fan of pepperoni. So we ordered one and immediately fell in love with it. Recently, while we were both craving it, I decided to try making it at home. Mine is similar, not quite the same, but I think I've I've taken, you know, enough liberties with it that it turned out really well. Yes? No? Oh, yes. It was excellent. Okay. So anyway, uh, to make this, you need a loaf of frozen bread dough some olive oil, some Parmesan cheese, some spices like oregano, basil, garlic, onion powder, yeah, whatever you want to throw in it, some pepperoni, some mozzarella cheese, and some marinara sauce to dip it in once you're done. So, and the complete recipe will be in the show notes. Yeah, it's really simple, too. I mean, other than letting the dough rise, kind of separating it and stuffing all the crap inside, there's really not a whole lot to it, is no, there? No, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it, the the formation of it you know as russ said you know the dough has to rise i forgot to take dough out of the freezer last night so he actually put it out on our back deck in the sun this morning and we had a uh, a full bowl of dough before it was over with (laughs) but um, (laughs) you just you one loaf of frozen bread dough will actually make two two of these calzones which I cut into, what, 13 pieces tonight? Is that what we had? 12? Yeah, and I ate yeah. way too much of it, but it was yeah. so damn good. So. <laughs> but, um, you know, you just, you cut it, you cut the loaf of dough in half once it's done rising and everything and roll it out into a, a circular shape and stuff it full of, you know, the goodness and seal it shut, you know, fold it over, seal it shut and bake it. So... It bakes for about 45 minutes. So. Yep, it's fantastic. You probably shouldn't eat it as a meal like we did. You probably should use it as an appetizer for your family it, of it, four. It, yeah, it is served but. as an appetizer in the restaurants, but yeah. yeah. So, Russ has to work in Arkansas tomorrow, so we have No, I don't, actually. Tomorrow. Oh, you don't? No, I'm going tomorrow night. Oh, so. okay. Yeah, it has all the major food groups, though. Bread, cheese, and pepperoni. So, you know. And olive it, oil. And don't olive oil. Yeah, 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 don't forget that. <laughs> so you so you have vegetable and you have meat and you have dairy there you go right and so. yeah it's all good yeah all right very good so try out the pepperoni bread recipe you if you like anything even remotely italian you will love it i mean you can't not it's just it's goodness yeah my uh tonight for my olive oil that i coated the inside with i had uh roasted garlic that had been dried that I added to the olive oil earlier this afternoon. Uh, oregano, basil, a little bit of onion powder, a little bit of garlic powder, and a lot of Parmesan, grated Parmesan that I dumped in there. And then uh, brushed it on the loaf before I threw the pepperoni and stuff in it. So Very good. All right, so I'm going to try and get through my drink corner here relatively quickly. Tonight I'll be talking about Stag Jr., Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. This is what's supposed to be considered like the one-off version of George T. Stagg. Uh, they're both produced by Buffalo Trace Distillery out of Kentucky. 
Um, the reason I like Stag Junior is it's a very, very good straight bourbon whiskey. And the proof and a lot of the parts of it are the same as George T. Stag, but Stag Junior costs about $50 and George T. Stag costs about $150. So I am perfectly fine with the Junior version. Um, George T. Stag was one of the founders, if not the founder, I'm not exactly sure, of the most dominant American distillery of the 19th century. That would be Buffalo Trace. During a time known as the Gilded Age of Bourbon, uncut and unfiltered, this robust bourbon whiskey ages for nearly a decade and boasts the bold character that is reminiscent of the man himself, is what they themselves say about Stag Jr. So some details about this dram. Uh, it's based on the Buffalo Trace Mash Bill Number 1, which means that it's less than 10% rye, and anything else about it is undisclosed as far as I know. I couldn't find any, any further information. But since it is a straight bourbon whiskey, it has to be at least three years old, and it has to be at least 51% corn. So take that for whatever it is. This particular bottle, and like with other things that come out of Buffalo Trace, some of the bottles have different proofs, like each release is a different proof and a different mix of barrels. This particular version is version 10, which is not the newest version. Version 11 is the newest. This particular bottle was 126.4 proof. That's 63.2% alcohol. It's very high. As you can tell, it's barrel strength. Um, the color is a really, really dark burnt amber. Um, it's, it's dark, and you can tell that because it's, in, it's been in charred oak barrels for almost a decade. That's why it's really dark. It looks like watered-down coffee. Yeah. Yeah, it's dark. So, one thing I will say about this right up front is I really, really love this bourbon. And the reason I love this bourbon is because it's about as classic, it's about as in your face as a classic bourbon gets. It has all of the right flavors. Um, the nose is clove and honey, or clove honey, if you prefer. You can put them together or separate them however you like. You also get chocolate, brown sugar, and a tiny hint of butterscotch. Uh, it's, it's actually. Lots of sweet notes, but it's not terribly sweet. The 126 proof kind of hits you in the face and cuts through that sweetness. Uh, the taste is kind of similar, but a little bit different. You get a little bit more out of the taste on this. Uh, you get the vanilla from a classic bourbon, butterscotch, brown sugar, like I mentioned before. Cloves, a hint of rye spice, because there is a little bit of rye in the mash bill. And a tiny bit of anise on the taste as well. And then as it kind of leaves your taste buds, you get a medium-length finish. That is pretty much just wonderful sweetness, not a real flavor per se, just kind of a sweet cream like vanilla thing with a little bit of, you know, the classic bourbon caramel and then some of the barrel spice. And that's what it leaves you with. I really, really love this tram. It's kind of hard to find. Like a lot of Buffalo Trace stuff, they release things as allocations and you just kind of have to be in the right place at the right time to find it. But if you do find it, it's relatively inexpensive. It's only $50 a bottle. So in the world of bourbon, it's, you know, a good price. And this is a really good bourbon if you can find it for 50 bucks. And I'm going to give it a 96. Not quite as good as Prohibition style. But close. But it's damn good. So if you can find Stag Jr., find it. If you can find George D. Stag and you can afford it, buy that. Um, but I don't think you're getting much more for your extra 100 bucks. So there you go. George T. Stag, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Or, sorry, I did Stag Junior. Not not the the full blown version. You want <laughs> you want you want the cheap one. Just get the cheap one. It's just as good. Get the cheap one. All right, and Bill Bill's got a beer. Imagine that. 
Yes, imagine and that. It's, so it's yeah, an IPA, I have a, right? Of course it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> of, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <clears throat> you know when i drink beer i drink an ipa <laughs> we've noticed <laughs> yeah yeah i just love how it tears my stomach up it's just so great I love it. <laughs> getting too old for it no uh, no this is actually a good ipa this is uh from 10 barrel brewing company i think i've already done a beer from them before uh but this one is uh they're out of, they're out of oregon 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 or oregon whatever Oregon. Yeah, it's called the Joe IPA at 6.9% ABV. It's 70 IBUs, so not not, not too terrible. About double um, what I normally drink, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's it's labeled as it's a lifestyle and pairs well with car camping. <laughs> so, nice. uh, yeah, this is a... This is a nice and tasty beer. Uh, the brewer's notes uh, go like this. Joe IPA has a bright and citrusy flavor and an intense hop aroma. I can agree with that. The IPA is an aggressive from the start, but finishes nice and clean. Expect flavors of tropical fruit, tangerine, light pineapple, and grapefruit to load up your senses. And uh, it's one of their uh, fastest up-and-coming beers. It's been stacking up the medals left and right, according to them. And it includes a silver in the IPA category of the 2016 Oregon Beer Awards. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's not too bad. I uh, just happened to notice it on the shelf there. I, I got in the, I think, the Apocalyptic uh, IPA or something like that, or Apocalypse IPA from them before. And I think I reviewed that, reviewed that here before. And uh, this one is, uh, I, I would say it's better than the other one. Um, I'm not sure if they compete against each other. I do like this one a lot better. Um, it's nice. It's got a nice crisp taste to it. And, um, yeah, it goes down nice and easy. I like it. Yeah, it's good beer. So, yeah, if you uh, if you have access to uh, 10 Barrel Brewing Company uh, beers and uh, can get this one, it, it, won't, it won't let you down. So, yeah, enjoy. It's almost 7%, too, which is pretty good for an IPA. So. Yeah, yeah, it's not too bad. It's not like an Imperial or something like that up around 9%. So it's a, it's a pretty pretty stout little beer, though. Yeah, very good. All right, if you like IPAs, then you should definitely enjoy Bill's Reviews. If you like any other kind of beer, then, you know, I guess you're out of luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. go, go drink your little, like, uh, girly juice or whatever. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Cranberry spritzer. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, we're going to wrap up episode number 281 of Linux in the Ham Shack. We want to thank the folks who are hanging out in the chat room with us tonight. We had Ted, WA0EIR, Jeremy, KC0NUK, Dave, KC3LZY. Uh, Jaden actually left a little earlier, so but we'll mention him here again. Why not? K0NVA. And we had Jim, VE5EV. So thanks, everybody, for being here tonight, listening to us on our Weekender edition. And we'll catch you all. When the next Monday comes around, we'll have our long format episode. We're not sure what that's going to be yet, but it'll be a surprise for us, just as it is for you. Bill needs to go dumpster diving. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Might have. Apparently, I need to install that Pi Star on my uh, my new Raspberry Pi. So we'll see. Yeah, there you go. That might be a thing. So anyway, we'll catch you next time around. This has been episode number two hundred eighty-one of Linux in the Ham Shack. I'm Russ K five TUX. I'm Cheryl W five MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Ham Shack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the program by visiting the LHS Patreon page of patreon.com stroke lhspodcast or using the contribute link on the website. 
Get in touch via social media. The show has a presence on Google+, Facebook, Twitter, Discord and YouTube. Or you can drop an email to info at lhspodcast.info or record a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW. That's 1-909-547-7469. Visit the IRC channel, LHS Podcast, on the Freenode IRC network. Also visit the online merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable LHS merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a Linux convention or hamfest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info or visit the website for details. The podcast is recorded live every Monday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Connect to the stream at stream.blacksparrowmedia.net colon 8008 stroke LHS live. Until next time, over and out. in the ham shack and the linux in the ham shack logo are released under a creative commons attribute non-commercial no derivatives 4.0 international license